If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. There were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till the break of day. So he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing upon his word and upon his servant today. Let's pray in concert. Father, I love you today. And I thank you for the privilege that I have to stand before your people. It's an honor. It's a very sobering calling to preach the gospel. And today, Lord, as we enter into this time of the breaking of the bread of life, I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would adjust, shift some things in us on this first Sunday of January 2019. God, do what only you can do, and may your name receive the praise. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. And the church said, What are you breaking your neck for? What are you breaking your neck for? For several weeks leading up to the first Sunday of the new year, this question keeps going over and over in my mind for every single person in the church today. What are you breaking your neck for? What will you break your neck for in 2019? That's a phrase an idiom, a metaphor, if you will, that people say as it relates to effort being put forth in a given situation. Some examples. I've been breaking my neck trying to get a passing grade this semester. Or I broke my neck to get there on time. Or don't break your neck trying to please people they will never appreciate you. Or maybe you've heard this one, they were traveling at breakneck speed. Now, truly, you'll not get a passing grade with a broken neck or get anywhere with a broken neck. You won't please people or be able to travel with a broken neck. But it's a phrase that speaks to effort and initiative and priorities. That's where the idea of breaking your neck comes from. Ben, I'm getting a little monitor feedback up here. In the narrative, in the by biblical account in front of us, we see that a, a young man named Eutychus has basically fallen asleep in church. 
Now, falling asleep in church is a common occurrence. The heat is too warm. The belly is too full. I've been too still for much too long. Lack of sleep from the night before. Sometimes the preaching is just downright boring and too long. And so the escape mechanism is to take a nap by choice or sometimes not by choice. Now, I learned this about preaching a while back, and I've tried to graft it into my presentations. Somebody told me that preaching is like drilling for oil. After 30 minutes, quit boring. Now, some of y'all will get that later when you wake up. If you think you can get away with sleeping in church, you might want to watch out. There was a man who always fell asleep in church. His wife was done. She was irritated. And so she started to take a hat pin along with her every Sunday to poke him every time he dozed off. One day the preacher got to a part of his sermon where he asked, quote, and who created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh? She poked her husband who came flying out of the pew and screamed, Good God Almighty! <laughs> or how about the, the one frustrated pastor? He decided he was going to fix one of his sleeping saints. But it sort of backfired on him. One day, while the man was sleeping, the pastor asked in a very calm voice, All who want to go to heaven, stand up. Everyone stood up except the sleeper. People sat back down. The sleeper kept on sleeping. Then at the top of his voice, the pastor bellowed loudly, All who want to go to hell, stand up now. Only the sleeper, startled, stood up to his feet. The sleeper looked around, and this is what he said. I don't know what we just voted on, that Reverend, but it looks like you and I are the only ones that are for it. <laughs> Going to sleep in church can create some problems for you. But the truth in the story here, if you look at it, is that it was the first day of the week. So it was the Lord's Day. It was Sunday. It was church time. The anointed Apostle Paul was there. Faithful disciples were also present. There had been breaking of bread in fellowship. I imagine, Brother Turpin, that there probably had been some singing. And there is definitely the preaching of the Word. As I looked at that this week, I came to this conclusion that all of these elements present were there and probably constituted a move of God. And I'm convinced that a move of God was happening in the house. The presence of God was in the room. I'm afraid that what happened to the young man Eutychus was that he became immune to the presence of God. Yes, he was in a third floor window. And yes, he fell asleep with, maybe with a full stomach. Or it could have been a warm night. Or maybe it was due to the fact that the 
pastor, the preacher was, was long-winded or maybe he was exhausted. Maybe it was all of the above or it could have been this simple truth that he had become immune to the presence of God. The story goes on that he, he fell out of the window and my opinion is that he probably ended up with a broken neck as he fell from a third floor window. I looked it up this week. And I, I, I began to ask myself the question, can a person die instantly with a broken neck? And as I did the research, I discovered that if, if, the, if there's damage to the spinal cord that reaches at or above the fifth cervical vertebrae, then the breathing is affected and one can die from asphyxiation. And I believe that's what happened here. It's very possible other things could have happened, but let's just assume that he broke his neck uh, and, and passed away instantly. The miracle of the story is, is that Paul stopped preaching. He went down. He prayed over the boy, raised the boy back to life. Did you know they ate some more? Did you know that Paul went back to preaching and preached till the sun came up the next morning? I didn't read where anybody left the church. But here's, here's what I want to get to this morning. As I was praying and as I was preparing for this, for not just this past week, but for the last several weeks, the Holy Spirit drove this point home to me. And that is that we've got to get back to the place of longing and hungering for and breaking our necks for the manifested presence of God. You see, what I'm afraid is that too often we break our neck climbing the ladder in our career and in our relationships and in our life only to realize at the end of our days that our ladder was leaning against the wrong building. We need to get back to the place that we're passionate for more than anything else. We must have the presence of God operating in our lives. We must have encounters with the Holy One of Israel. We must have God come down and change us and transform us and make us something new into His image. You say this morning and you might even argue and say, well, pastor, we have the presence of God. After all, the Bible tells us out of his own mouth, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will go with you always, even unto the end of the world. If you look in the book of Hebrews, he, he says again, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may say, I, I will not fear what man can do unto me. He is, in fact, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He does go before me. He is is my rear guard. He is above me. He's all around me. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. The psalmist said like this, whither shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. But if I make my bed in hell, you are also there. I'm telling you, we are grateful for the abiding presence of Almighty God. But we've got to get back to a place where we are hungry and thirsty for the manifested presence of God. We've got to get back to a place where we hunger and thirst for God to interrupt our routine, interrupt our plans, and show Himself powerful on our, in our behalf. Now see, I've been church of God all my life. As many of you in the room, and I'm telling you, God sent me here with this message today. 
God sent me here to challenge you in 2019. Not tomorrow, not next week, not a convenient season. But God sent me here to challenge this body to get back to a place where we, everything else pales in comparison to the manifested presence of Jehovah God. I'm going to tell you, we need the white knuckles again. Come on, somebody help me here. We need the fluttering stomach again when the Holy Spirit is directing us to do something and we're debating and arguing with Him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We need the tears to flow again. We need the mascara to run again. We need the eyeliner to smudge again. We need the Holy Ghost goosebumps up and down our spine again. We need the speaking in tongues again. We need the groanings in prayer overcome by Him again. We need the travailings that cannot be uttered as the Holy Ghost prays to His people. I'm here to declare we need the manifested presence of Almighty God. And we need to do whatever it takes. We need to break our neck going after the presence of Jehovah. My God, my God. We used to long for prayer. And listen intently for the word we used to linger around the altars by the scores God is not a microwave God God is a slow cooking God you can't expect transformation with this now I lay me down to sleep mentality these microwavable prayers, there is no change of any significance that takes place. God is a God that says, be still and know that I'm God. God is a God that says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He is a God that says, you know what? I'm going to do my deepest work in the lives of my people that are willing to linger in my presence. We're breaking our necks for a lot of things except the presence of God. Eutychus was indifferent. He was indifferent to the presence of God. He ended up in shambles with a broken neck. I say let's break our neck after the most important thing there is. The presence of Jesus Christ. The manifested presence of the Lord. So the psalmist meant when he said, My soul longs for you, O Lord. My flesh cries out for you. I esteem your words more than my necessary food. I want to see your power. I want to experience your glory. Moses knew God was with him. He did. The Lord promised him at the burning bush, I'm going to be with you. When Pharaoh asked who sent you, tell him I am sent you. He was with him every step of the way. 
But it didn't stop Moses on the side of a mountain from saying to God, show me your glory. I'm telling you, if you're a person that has reached your maximum with God, something's wrong with you because you can't outrun God. You can't outfind God. He is a well of eternal value. You've got to get to a place where you say, I hunger for God. And then when his manifested presence happens, all it's going to do is create a satiable, insatiable hunger and thirst for even more of the presence of the Lord. Oh God, send down revival spirit in the house of God. Let's pray like the prophet did in Isaiah when he said, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down among your people. That's what we've got to have. This is a turning point for some folks in this room right here. Moses knew God was with him. But God's abiding presence wasn't good enough. He had to have his manifested presence. Oh, Lord, help me here. Let me just shoot straight with you. Too many of us, we long for his provision. And we long for his protection, but we don't hunger for his presence. God, supply my need. God, keep me safe. Give me. Give me. Give me. Save me. Save me. Save me. But God says, I want someone who's ready to say, be with me. Be with me. Be with me. I hunger and I thirst for you and you alone. You see, when you're in his presence, there is a fullness of joy. You want the cure for happiness and I won't charge you a hundred dollars an hour? Get back in the presence of Jehovah. You'll find joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, Pastor, I, I'm kind of like a crusty old piece of bread. I'm stale. I don't know if I can have what I used to have. Well, in the book of Acts, it says, Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. You want fresh fire? You want fresh manna? You want to see God like you haven't seen him in years or in all of your life? Get back into his presence. Start. Is there a greater resolution for 2019? Greater than a diet? It's greater than more money? 
greater than a new job or that coveted companion? Go after God. (laughs) And the Word promises you that once you do, the rest will fall into place. Oh, I'm determined I'm going to find that companion this year. That's my number one priority. And you may well do it. But if God's not higher priority than that, then you'll end up with some dingbat that you shouldn't have had. Some jackleg that you'll regret down the road you didn't ship him packing. Well, I need to lose weight. That's the greatest resolution I can have. Here's an idea. You hunger and thirst after God's presence. He may start dealing with you to fast a little bit. He might deal with you about pushing back the plate because you want to spend more time with him. I'm telling you. Lord, help me here. Eutychus broke his neck because he was immune to the presence of God. God is moving at Pulaski Church of God. And I say thank God for it. And in 15 months, I have observed on more than one occasion, even in our corporate worship, we get so close to the edge of his manifested presence. And some of us have gotten so used to it that we've become immune to divine interruptions. I remember the times. Why are you talking about the good old days? This is present because I'm telling you he doesn't change. And I remember those times when the power of God would fall in the house. It wasn't the abiding presence. It was the manifested presence. And sinners either had to run out the door or run to the altar. And every person in the house was affected by the glory and the presence of God. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what agenda you came to the house of God with. I'm telling you, if we have a hunger and a thirst for the manifested presence of God, God can flip every person in this room upside down to show that He is still real. He does not change. He wants to manifest his presence in the life of every person in the house. Don't get robbed of his power because you become immune to his presence. You see, there was another man in the Bible who broke his neck. You go back to 1 Samuel chapter 4. His name was Eli. He was old. He was heavy. That's not my words. That's the Bible. I want you to listen. He's sitting on the side of the road waiting to see how the army of Israel is doing against the Philistines. His two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are are in the war as well. Now, this is very important. Don't miss this. 
The scripture says he's sitting by the wayside on a stool and he is trembling for the ark of God. We're not talking about Noah's ark. We're talking about the ark that represented God's presence. It was a small piece of furniture. It wasn't very large, but it represented the presence of God. This 98-year-old blind man is hearing all the commotion. He can't see what's taking place. But then a messenger comes into the camp, and the messenger has very, very bad news. Listen to the news in order. The messenger comes in and tells Eli, this key leader in the nation of Israel. He says, first of all, Israel is fleeing from the Philistines. We're getting our backsides kicked. We're getting tore apart. And then he goes on and it gets worse. He says, many of the Israelites have lost their lives. It's a tragedy. I'm sure that Eli was feeling the effects of it and he was beginning to grieve because of the bad news as he sat there blind in his own natural vision. But then the news gets worse and even more personal because the messenger says to him, and your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, have both lost their lives in this war with the Philistines. And you would think there couldn't be anything worse. But you read in that verse of Scripture where the messenger says these words, worse than everything I've just told you, the ark of God has been taken. In other words, the presence of Jehovah has been taken by our enemies. And the Scripture says, when he heard that the ark of God had been taken, when he heard not that his sons had died, not the Jews had died, not that they were getting defeated, but when he heard that the presence of God had been taken away from the nation, the scripture says that he toppled over, he broke his neck, losing the presence of God. It was a tragedy. It was the greatest. Our church has been through much and will face stuff in the future. It's all part of life. But there is nothing more tragic in our history. There's nothing more tragic in our future. There is nothing more tragic, period, than if we lost the presence of Jehovah God. Tony, come to the keys if you would. 
Listen to this. Whereas Eutychus broke his neck because he became immune to the presence of God. Eli broke his neck because he lost the presence of God. I ask you again. What are you breaking your neck for? What are you going to break your neck for in 2019? There's going to be something. Something will be a priority. That's a fact. Actively working, retired, there'll be something in your life that'll be your number one priority in 2019. God sent this preacher up here today to tell you, It's time to take the ladder and remove it from the wrong wall. If you're going to climb a ladder, humble yourself down in the presence of the king. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is in this place. And I want to be keenly aware Too many of us no longer hunger for his presence, but we certainly must have his provision and his protection. And God is saying, I'm looking for people who want to spend time with me because they want my heart, not just what comes from my hand. So in just a few moments, I'm going to open up the altar for anyone and everyone that wants to come and find a place to kneel and humble yourself in his presence. You say, Pastor, I can't kneel. Hey, this front row, I want to leave it open all the way across the room if I could. Some folks that may not be able to kneel, but they want to come to the altar and say, God, I want more of your presence. Can I just sit in front of you for a while? I'll tell you something else. Sometimes I think we get so benediction-minded that we don't linger before the Lord. We're afraid of holding people up. So today, we're chucking benediction. No benediction today. There may be somebody here that wants to linger for a half an hour and just sit in His presence and say, God, I want to feel you again. Some of you ain't felt God in years. Wounds have festered and church hurts, life's difficulties challenges have kind of caused you to take a step back instead of going hard after the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me? As you hear the words of this this song, if you just feel so inclined, if you have to crawl over six or seven people, break your neck to get to this altar to experience His manifested presence.
Oh 